All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 174. A lot to talk about. The last time we were speaking to you, it was Thursday. We did an early podcast last week so we can get into the new year. Unfortunately, what's happened in the days since then has not exactly been great for our beloved Edmonton Oilers. So today on the episode, we got Tyler, we got Rick, we got Dan, and we got Jay joining us. We're all going to yell about the Oilers. Not great in the middle of a now five-game losing streak with the game against Ottawa still on the schedule for Monday. But we'll get there. As we do every week, Tyler, hit us up with our Oodle Noodle Delicious Debate. The Oodle Noodle Delicious Debate. Will a change be coming if they lose to Ottawa on Monday? Dun, dun, dun. Context, please. I know last night we covered it on nation.com, but uh, Emily Kaplan had some info last night. What is that about, Tyler? Yeah, so Emily Kaplan had a bit of a report uh, over at ESPN where she said, it's important to note that in all his years in Detroit, he never made an in-season coaching change, which bag milk, you've made that point for a few months now even. Yep. Um, and then Emily just kind of went on to say, if they do make a change, I get the sense the Oilers wouldn't go for one of the retreads on the market, like Claude Julian, who'd be looking for term instead, look to promote either Gullitson or Woodcroft. I'm um, skipping over a few words there, but that's the gist of her report. She did at points there kind of say that she didn't really know for sure. Um, and the report was, I don't flaky's too hard of a harsh of a word to use, but it didn't Fake. feel like this didn't feel like a definitive. If they lose to Ottawa, changes are coming. But the delicious debate is if they lose to Ottawa, should some changes be coming? Maybe it's not even a coaching change. 
All right. Who wants to jump in? I'm just going to say that, first of all, I still like as much as I almost want a change of voice behind the bench, as much as I think that no matter what Leon Dreisaitl says about losing the room and fighting for each other, what you say to the media and what's going on in there could be different. Um, based on the last couple of weeks, I think it's time for change, but whether or not that happens after any specific game, I was talking to Frank Saravalli earlier today and he made the point and I'm just going to echo it here. It's like, if, if that's the move, if you're going to lose to Ottawa and then you fire the coach, why are you waiting? Because at that point, it just seems like the decision's already made. Just do it now and rip the bandaid. What is one more loss going to change anything? So do they need change? Yes. Do I think they're going to get it? No. Jay, you're up. So this is specifically about coaching. It's about whatever you want. Any change at all. I took it to coaching. That's the wonder of the delicious debate. It is so delicious, by the way. Um, This is, oh my God, this is, sorry. This microphone uh, headset (laughs) thing is quite interesting. He's fidgety. He's fidgety. I'm very fidgety. I'm about to get very animated. I think that's why. So I got to make sure all the cords are away so I don't pull things out. I don't, I don't want us to, I don't want us to change the coaching because that's what we always fucking do. We always just change the coaching. Right. Like, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, it's also not a, a matter of like, we maybe should change the coaching, but it's just, that always just seems like the lazy thing that we do. We need to actually address some of the systemic issues that we have with the team. And that is our roster construction. And we got to focus there. That's where we need to make some major changes. I think part of our issue though is the coaching and not utilizing the roster the way it's uh, the way it's built. I think it was built with a little more offensive mind behind it. I don't think um, some of, I don't think he, he's utilizing it properly. I think the bottom six was built to be a little younger and a little more offensive. And I offensive? don't see him. You say yeah. our bottom fives, our bottom six is offensive. No, no, no. Built I, to be more offensive. Thank but it's, so but it's it expect, should be built ex- to be offensive. It's not. It was yeah, but so you, you you expected more out of out of out of Fogel, which is what it is right now. Um, but having Benson here, you're having Perlini here, um, Tourist should be more of a 14th type of guy. Um, kind of seeing the action only when all these guys are on protocol and stuff. I believe he plays it way too conservative. Doesn't give the young kids enough um, ice time out there, and and goes to your shores. And your tourist is far too quick when the lineup is built to be let Benson figure it out, let Perlini figure it out, and let well, Xavier get out there and do some that, shit. I mean, That's like you fair. talk about you talk about uh utilization. We're gonna I know we're gonna get it to it later, it's on the agenda, but like playing a guy like Tourist or Cassian over Pugliarvi when you need a goal, but the argument tourist is that for sure. Cassian, there's a bit of an argument there, but Tourist, there's zero, there's not a fucking foot to stand on there. But is there though? Like to me, like if you're looking for a, little a goal. Bit. It's like, why not play the guy who has more than twice the amount of goals of those two guys in aggregate, regardless of how he's playing right now? Dan, what do you think? Do you I think agree. Changes? Uh, well, yeah, I think that there has to be a change of some sort. I mean, I listened to, I've listened to you guys. You, you listen to everybody around there, and everybody seems to have an answer. But for me, I've, I noticed something in a broadcast, and I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but... Early on, it was like, I think it was when the Leafs were playing the Oilers in Toronto or in Edmonton and they had Barry mic'd up and Barry said to Cody CC before the game, uh, just remember, there's no friends over there. But then he also said something that nobody even really mentioned what I I thought I heard it, which was 
Funny thing is, we don't have friends here either. And what? I didn't hear that. I, I didn't what? Know. Okay, so no, I had to go back and find that. Would be, I do that that, that, that would have been trending on Twitter across the universe. That it was one of those. In Brazil. I, I would. That's why I was so shocked <laughs> by it. Maybe I'm wrong, and I, I tried to find the footage. I can't find it. Of yeah, Barry mic'd up, but yeah. I thought he threw away just kind of a casual thing, and and it Ooh. sounded like a joke. But the more I think about it, the more I wonder if there is just a there is a real cultural issue. You hear what Ethan bear said about the team and how he was thrown under the bus i don't know like i i'm with you tyler like it, it i want to roll my eyes at it but it's starting to feel like where there's smoke there's fire in this organization i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a call-up of marodi that would show the organization that you're willing to try just about anything to make this work but right now to me sitting on your hands and doing nothing is the wrong signal to send <laughs> I don't know. At Marody's the beginning of the year, we were all Marody's sitting here talking about we're, how much we're going to sit here and think Brody's the answer. We're fucked. Uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. too. But I just, no, we were sitting here at the beginning of the year when they were winning games, talking about like how, how much fun they were having, how likable this Oilers team is the big celebrations and all that. So I just, I don't, I don't really buy that. It really could have mm-hmm. deteriorated that quickly. I, I still think the room would be tight enough. Um, I think losing definitely brings out some frustrations and and that would certainly be true, but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really found the clip. I found the clip and he does actually say, we don't have any over here either, or we don't have any over here either. Send it. I'll send it right now to the, uh... cause that's actually I'll from, it. like, like, um, yeah, like, no, CC as a CC wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, from I said, my own job, from my own things. job, from my own other job, I'll tell you this right now. CC's not going to feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> wink, nudge. Hello. All right. Well, so once Dan's getting Tyler, that clip, uh, Tyler, what do you think needs to change here? Because if you followed the general playbook, for a general manager, it kind of goes, you make a trade, then you fire the coach. And then what else? What do you think? Like, obviously something needs to change. What is it from your standpoint? Tyler. He's not paying attention. He's, Tyler's he's, not he's paying listening attention. to the clip. He's, he's hearing, clip. he's hearing Barry say, we don't have any friends over here either. I'm Tyler? just saying. Can't make a, I don't know if we have the assets right now to make this trade. I don't know if we can make a trade right now. The fuck like, other than we the first- don't, man. We've got, we have, yes, we can pull this off. We have got first round picks. Mm -hmm. But you need to figure out um, money. And we've got prospects. But money, money, salary Yeah, well, you you know what? Good GMs figure it fucking out. You bring in a third party team. Jay, there's no trade market right now in the NHL. No one's trading anyone. I I know, but we better be fucking making, trying to, trying to. Of course, there's always deals to be made. There's no deals happening right now. That's an accurate observation. But you can always make it. I don't think there's deals to be but made the deals right now. I get, the deals that are being made right now are the ones from like yesterday or the day before where it's just, you know, two prospects moving around or, or retrade, like just two guys you never really heard of yeah. that went between like Chicago and Pittsburgh or whatever it was. Yeah, that's for like cap stuff. But like the, the big thing is, is, is in, in the, the, the sentiment that, that I get off social media, especially is that firing Tibbetts the silver bullet. It's like fucking so minor. It but plays I think a role, sure. You sure we can extract more value from this current lineup? Yeah, but sure, sure, a new coach can bring in some, you know, some positivity and 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 shake up the room a little bit, and we can get out of this slump hopefully a lot sooner, and you know, make the playoffs. But the thing is, like, let's let's look at let let's look at what this team is supposed to be. 
We're in year seven of Connor McDavid. We're in year eight of Leon Dreisaitl. And the window needs to be open. And we don't have a roster. We don't have the right roster right now. We don't have a roster. This roster is not going to go win the Stanley Cup. And if we expect that, then we're crazy. It can, it, 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 I don't even know if we can get through the first round right now. We are not tough to play against. We may not make the playoffs. <laughs> well, depends but, on who you so play. that's the thing. Like I, I believe this roster could make the playoffs. Yeah. We're just going through a weird I just they can. and all that shit. So like, I want to preface it with that, but it's not about just making the playoffs anymore. It's about winning the Stanley mm-hmm. cup and the roster mm-hmm. is not there to do it. You look at all those championship winning, like all those, all those cup uh, contending teams, their third line, could be our second line. Like that's how fucking deep these teams are. The thing yeah. I have a problem. I'm not going. I have far. a problem with. Well, is- I might be aggressive, but like, but definitely their their, their third lines are would would they play a different style? Fourth, like their fourth bigger, lines are bigger. Their fourth lines bigger, are their third blue, lines. They're more blue collar. They're out there. They're out there. They can handle the physicalness, and I agree with you there. And they can ship um, an offensive. Like we. And yeah. they wear the other team down, and they create more time and space for the top. That's two the lines. problem that I've got with you. Other right guys can watching our guys can ship in. They just aren't. Yeah, sure. But my problem with the Oilers right now is that there's physical. Everyone disappears. Sorry. There's, there's no all for one attitude here. There's no everybody in the pile attitude. And when we've talked about it a little bit, Jay's been bringing it up all year, especially on real life that it's just the Oilers are too easy to play against right now. And there's no pushback. There's a lot of, I'm watching the game against the Leafs the other day. And there's a lot of just the passing stick waves. And I'm not saying you have to lay a body out all the time. I know that's not realistic, but you can at least get up on somebody. You can get in their grill. And if something happens near your net, it's everybody in the pile. I think about the time that Jay couldn't get in the cab in Winnipeg. And what did we all do? We <laughs> all walked together. And the all Oilers, for one. The Oilers are not playing that all for one style right now. They're not getting greasy. They're not hacking away in the crease. You look at other teams around the league and they're scoring goals by getting dirty, mm-hmm. getting no ugly, Getting the mucking. garbage, getting the getting the work hat on, and just digging for garbage goals, and I don't see that from the Edmonton Oilers right now. And maybe a trade does shake that up. I, I do. I agree with Tyler at this point. We're in January. Not a lot of big trades tend to happen, but that's not to say that they can't happen. Exactly. Uh, Tyler, do you have that clip ready? Yeah. Spot check. Spot check. This, this, this time here. This is going to scare me to hear this. Okay, ready? Everyone has to be quiet. Here we go. That's actually so fucking funny. Oh my god. Man, that's a problem. I didn't hear that. That's that is a problem. Don't read so, into this. Don't so that's read into yes, this. Rick. That's what I was gonna say. Is that so I heard oh it at the time my. and I checked to see if anybody else had kind of picked up on it. And I noticed that there was like one tweet at the time that had mentioned, did he say that? And so I just kind of left it. But again, Rick, you're right. Leave that that isolated incident alone, except that we keep hearing little fractures here and there. I heard what about we, what the other fractures, fractures. I've heard about the fractures in the past between Yamamoto and other players on this team like who I've, i don't want to get into specifics but are you talking about what happened you in europe in- yes yes when i was in europe what happened in i europe? heard, I heard things Put it while there. i was in europe but it's it just all these little things where you just start to question is the is the core of this team fractured or are they together no. and and you start to see the breakdowns and yeah sure like jay said we we go to that coaching well change all the time, but does that does that make the team like each other more? I don't know. I like so, I, and so then the question is, well, how do you really fix a team's culture and and fractures? So 
what I want to wonder about is this past week, a big thing that came out was the back and forth, call it whatever you want between Dave Tippett and Miko Koskinen. From my standpoint, first of all, the Oilers goaltending is just not near good enough. And yes, you can talk about breakdowns in the defensive zone, giving up quality chances. That in itself is an issue. But at some point, you need your goaltender to make a stop. Looking at natural stat trick right now, the Oilers are fourth last in five-on-five goaltending percentage. And that ranks them with New Jersey and Arizona and teams like that. That's just not good enough. So back to the delicious debate, Tyler. It is on its way up. It can only go up. That is it can only go up. Man. <laughs> That's not a yeah. But if you look, but if you look at the very beginning of the year for the first little bit there, the five on five was terrible. And yeah, it's, if you we look at power like plays, seven that's to... the thing. The league, the league's getting like you know we went nine and the one. Five on and five I was... play in the last ten games or so is on the way up. It is but better. Where I was getting at with this is like it doesn't have a choice. We're not getting power plays. Like they bet it better go up. Yeah. <laughs> But pertaining to the goaltending, Tyler, I'm going to finish up the delicious debate with you. Hmm. Pertaining to the goaltending, it's like, I get what Miko said. Nobody wants to get thrown under the bus. Team I, love what he scored. Said. I love what Tippett said. I love what Miko said. At least shows that there's a pulse. I just, at some point, you need to get a safe. And I don't think what Tippett said is as egregious as some people did. It, he was asked about the start of the game. And he said it was a brutal, it was a brutal mistake. Now, the problem I have is, did would he say something about that, about Mike Smith? Probably not. But Tyler, mm. we're now getting into this ditch when it comes to the Oilers. And we're talking about the room and we're talking about guys making friends or not having friends or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. What changes need to be made? Back to the delicious debate. Uh, as the rapper Drake once said, no friends in the industry. And that's what the TSN post says that shares that cliff of Barry saying there's no friends over here, which I just still think is so funny. Anyways, um, <laughs> if they lose to Ottawa, if they beat Ottawa, I think you're going to see Stuart Skinner brought up and I think it'll be he Skinner up. now. I think it'll be Skinner up. And I think it'll be Koskinen and down. And I think that the next game after Ottawa is Florida. I think we'll see Stuart Skinner be an oiler and I think he'll be an oiler for the rest of the season. And, and maybe Edmonton finds up flipping away, finds a way to flip Koskinen before the deadline and attach a pick to him and get someone to take that cap hit. But I think the change won't be a coaching change. I think it should be a coaching change. I think that should have happened already. I get that. It's not, you know, the silver bullet that maybe a lot of people think it is, but it could spark the team. And you have a couple of really qualified candidates in the organization in Gullitson and in Woodcroft that can definitely step in and be capable behind the bench. I think you could very easily fire tip it, bring up one of those guys, give your team a spark without having this big seismic change to the way things are ran or committing to something long-term. I think a coaching change should have been made, but I don't think a coaching change will be made. Now I think Ken Holland's made his bed and he's got to lay in it. Oodle noodle. Delicious debate. There you go. There's 17 minutes of us yelling at each other. And of course, if you're hungry, it's Friday. Hit our friends up at DoorDash. Get some DoorDash, noodle from there. Ding dong. They'll bring it right to your door. Promise. Mm-hmm. Promise. Uh, let's get into all the great news. That is the Edmonton Oilers. They followed up a six game losing streak. Now with a five game losing streak, when you're looking at this recent run of losses, what are you seeing in their play? Because the give a shit meter for me, that stat is ground level low right now. The Oilers just are not battling and fighting and they're saying the right things in the media, but what we're seeing on the ice is fans probably doesn't match up with the words. Jay, what do you see? 
they they played better against Toronto. We have to hundred percent, two thousand percent. Like it's it's remember at the end of the day we're all Oilers fans. We might be shitting on them right now, but we're Oilers fans. We love of course this we team. Are. So they put in an effort, and you know they might have probably deserved to win that game if it wasn't for two unlucky goals. Um, but like the effort level has been has not been there. They they'll show up for seven, 10, 12, 18 minutes a game, and then just get worked over the rest. Other teams will step up physicality and completely turn us into a non-event and just run us over. Um, so like for me, I just want to see, you know, our power plays are down. Teams are playing us better, but if we start skating harder and trying harder and, and be more annoying and be more pressing on the puck penalties and power plays will come. So I just, I just feel like the, like we've just lost, we've lost our mojo. Um, and, and, and I, and I don't know, like that, that, that's a pretty, you know, that's a deeper issue to unpack to find out why all of a sudden, um, you know, we're not getting the consistent effort that we were seeing early on and winning games, maybe that we shouldn't have because we let five against us. Um, but it's not the same team right now. And that, that just tells you shit needs to be shaken up for sure. Just to, to, to get back to that. But that's, that, that's how I've been seeing things. It's, it's, they're not coming to play and it, it takes them 10, 12, it takes them a period to get into the game. And that's where we get, and that's, where we're losing, we're losing every game in the first period. Dan, what are you seeing? Five game losing streak. This one, um, it's a mess. You can blame wow. COVID protocols. You can blame key pieces out, but at the same point, I think every team in the NHL is dealing with that. So what do you see on this podcast early in the season? We repeated it time and time again. You can't win hockey games the way that they had been winning hockey games at the start of the season. They still continue to try and win hockey games the way that they started to at the start of the season with coming from behind and playing from, from within and having to make third period comebacks and, and all those things. It just, you can't continue to keep catching lightning in a bottle. And until somebody steps up and says, let's just go and put six up on them in the first period, we're not going to see that change. And it, and it hasn't changed these last few weeks, these last weeks of, of play. The team has just been flat to start and then they wake up and then there's an inspired effort against the Toronto Maple Leafs or whatever team they're playing. And then they don't win. And it's, it's just, it's a continue rinse and repeat. You kind of just show up to the games knowing that that's going to happen right now. And hopefully it changes real soon. Rick, we've watched a lot of horrible hockey in our years as an Oilers fan. This one is a little bit different. What are you seeing from the boys? Or not first and foremost, first and foremost, I want to get rid of all that fucking they're not getting along and they're there. There's a break in the fucking team or something like that. It's ridiculous. That is so how do you explain that comment, no. then, Rick? They're just joking on the ice. He just decided to sign back here. He literally could have signed with 31 other teams in the yeah. league and just signed back Maybe. here. Because he's trying Maybe. to tank them no, from the inside because he hates everyone. Double agent. <laughs> Good Lord, we're making this stuff up. I have no idea. Like that's I, I, we played the clip for you. There's no making it up. Like we played the clip. I, like well, I, okay, I, I'm just, yeah. well, I'm I don't know. Gonna, like, I'm, I'm not even going to give that a time of day. Anyways, to me, they're, to me, they're coming out there and they're tr- and they're playing to not lose right now. They're playing to not miss, not make mistakes. They're playing to not they're win. Ripping, Why are we saying not lose? They're playing because, to not win because that's no because they're so. They're so worried about about making mistakes and having to go back in the other net into their own net is that you you can't play freely and when they do start playing freely after they get a goal and they get a little bit of momentum they do look better. They are not a perfect roster. They do get beaten up. There is a way to just out physical us and you can almost shut us down. But not as hard of to right do that. now the way they're nope. And as of right now the way they're playing to me 
is they're playing not to lose and they're playing scared and you can't, you're not going to do anything doing that. You can't go out into a fucking yeah. boxing ring and do that. You can't go in the, into the, into the UFC. The, you can't go that. You can't do that on the ice. You can't do that on the football field. You got to go in there with confidence. You got to go in there to win. And they're not doing that. And that's why it's coming back on. Us. Like how much do you think though, that when you start the game and there's a very, very high likelihood, I mean, I'm just thinking about me as a fan. Now you're watching the game, you're settled in, you got a nation beer. It's cracked. It's cold. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Five minutes in, you got a goal against, and it's been that and way. They're all different ways, and they're all like stupid they ways. Get, they do it very creatively. Terrible goal. Sometimes <laughs> it's a terrible goal. Sometimes it's off the backboard that comes directly out and goes off the back of the goaltender's skate. Like there's just so many different ways that we're getting yeah. scored on that first goal. It's mind boggling how it yeah. always happens. But you got to so, think like that goes back to my point of like I like the first one that bounced off the backboards. I think Smith was out of position on it, but ultimately I don't think it was an egregious, horrible mistake by any means. How However, that goes back to my point, though, that at some point you need a save, don't you, Tyler? Yeah, you do. Like other good teams get saves. Like think about the Oilers when they're late in that game against the Rangers, right? And I think it was 3-1 maybe at that point. They get a break, dry saddle to McDavid. Bang. If that goes in, it's not Gorgiev's fault at all. But he finds a way to make a sprawling save, keep the puck out. And that ends up being a really big part of the Oilers not winning that hockey game and coming back to win that hockey game. Right. And same thing against Toronto. Just the amount of looks where there are so many shots where, yeah, if, Camp, if, yeah, if Campbell doesn't yeah, stop it, you, you don't sit there and go, boo, Oilers got lucky. That's a softy. Like, no, like goalies make legitimately really good saves. And that's not to say the Oilers never get that, but it's just the amount of times the Oilers give up a soft goal versus the amount of time the Oilers get a soft goal is not a comment on other teams. That's a comment on Edmonton. hundred percent. Like, and there's, there's the games that like we come out and we're actually playing. Like we start good. Like we started good against the Rangers. I'm, I'm saying like, I like how we play. And then we have one brain fart. They score. And like, our confidence is very fragile right now because yep. we're in a slump <laughs> and that first goal goes in and we're fucked. You can almost see the wind come out of the sails. Hundred percent, the wind comes out of it. Comes out of their sails. Comes out of fan sails. It just like a rift in the universe. It just the wind just exits the room, and that's that's also part of being in a slump. Like when you're in a slump, of course that goal goes in. Uh, that first goal goes in the way it did. Both of them and the second goal. Like 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 it's weird how slumps work, and that's the woo woo of sports and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also need to find a way to persevere. So like I don't know what they need to do. Yes, we need management to do some roster changes. Maybe we need to fire the coach. The players also have to go on some kind of bender. Rick, you got to go take care of these guys. You got to get <laughs> them to regel and remember what you know why they play. Know where they go? Why they go out and try to fight for each other and try to also restore that a bit because like it it you got to think about the players. There. It must fucking suck right now for them. It must suck oh, yeah. so bad. Every day cannot be fun for these guys. They, it, because of the, this this situation that they're in, there's such a dark cloud over it, and they, they want nothing more to get out of it. So th- we have to, you know, a bunch of things need to happen to try to do that. But I do, I do empathize with them. But like, just, let's go and get a win. Let's go and get a fucking win. And so, but you do, you do admit that that has that all that negativity, mental stuff plays on plays into your game. Oh, 100 percent. They're 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 yeah, yeah. stick harder. They're thinking like, but Cloud's thinking he's yeah, gonna yeah. pass on that. Like, yeah. they're they're all fucking you out be of sorts right now. That's exactly, it. and 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 that's sports. Like, I catch myself when I'm playing, you know, men's league, where I'm like, I'm thinking too much. I'll say, Chase, stop fucking thinking and just like 
you know, remember your training and just go out and do your thing, but you get in your head <laughs> and when, and, and you pile on and it piles on. And like, that's also a slump, like, like that sucks. And they, you know, to quote Chalmers, they need their slump buster and that better be fucking Ottawa senators. Um, not only just for, to, for the coaching scenario, just for the whole team mentality and hopefully they can take they can a build off that. But the shitty thing is, is they go, sure. They beat Ottawa. We don't play till when. Yes, the uh, and then schedule play after that. Like this is this is this is tough Terrible. a tough situation to yep. try to get out of uh given the the scheduling circumstance that we face. For this is where I think this is why I think a little bit of a of a coaching change and not a massive change but you whether you put gullets in there or the guy you've been molding for the last 5 6 yeah. 7 however many years Woodcroft's been down there. If you bring him I think that's where that uh, fresh voice comes in. And I don't think it's a manu. I don't think it's a huge change. I honestly don't think Tippett's even here next year. So you're really only taking 40 games off the guys off the guy's career here. Yeah, I agree. You're just starting the new the new era right now. When um, you've got your roster, you really don't have a lot of moves you can make. So you bring in the new voice. You hope that's a a, a fucking bit of a, a, a kick in the ass. You get Holloway back, hopefully. You do make that deadline trade with your first round pick, try and get rid of Koskinen or Cassian or something like that and try and uh, do some stuff around there. But I think the most important thing right now is just a fresh voice, a voice who's going to bring you up, boost you up, and not be part of, of, of the negativity that's, that's already happened. And we've got, those- we got a chance for an 06 moves here. The team's yeah. like in a similar situation. We don't have Chris Prong on the back end, but we've got Leon Dreisettle <laughs> and Connor McDavid on the front end. We've got goaltending issues. We need to improve our defense and we need some secondary scoring. Like This is like 06 blueprint. We need we need our Kevin Lowe moment this year. we got to trade all of our fucking first round picks. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Leverage the future. That's fine. And, make, and go, try, try and go and get two to three of those pieces are a version of them to try and give us a chance to go for a run. That's what we, what we, what we need. More than anything, yeah. What we need more than anything is the salary cap to rise. Like I, and I'm not well, giving, I'm not giving you like, the Tampa Bay lightning, the Washington capitals, team, all the other, all the other top dogs have to are always fighting against the cap, but they yeah, find counter, a way. Yeah. My counter would oh, be yeah, like, no, 100%. like Las Vegas, They've only been in the league four years, and yet they keep finding ways to find get Alex Petrangelo under their cap. And like, I get that it's yep. Vegas and it's Edmonton and it's blah blah blah, but they're being creative to find solutions, mm-hmm. and they're 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 finding ways to help themselves. They're finding ways yep. to cover their bases, kind of like what you would get from our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Whoa. They've been doing it for ninety years and four <laughs> generations. They've got all the products of insurance that you need: auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever. Cornerstoneins.ca. Left-hand side of the screen, citizens of the nation will get a little discount. Shout out to our friends at Cornerstone. One thing that I've seen kind of popping up on Twitter a little, uh, Twitter a little bit, and on Instagram for that matter, um, talking about a guy like Woodcroft. Personally, I think that he's the kind of the coach that the Oilers have been molding for the last few years. And if we don't give him a chance to do something, even on an interim basis towards the end of the season, then we're going to lose him somewhere else. I see the counter argument is, well, he hasn't been head coaching all that long, this and that. But then why couldn't you give him like a Gulletson as a associate coach or an assistant coach, kind of like what the Leafs did. And I hate to like pull from what the Leafs are doing, but Sheldon Keefe was, he was a coach in the AHL, had success at that level. He got pulled up to the big, the big dance and they're doing that. Tyler, does do you see the lack of head coaching experience for Woodcroft being a problem here? Whereas I see it as he's getting his at bats at the AHL. It's not like he hasn't spent a decade plus on an NHL bench as an assistant Bingo. coach. What's the deal there? 
Bingo, you nailed it. Uh, he's gotten his reps as a head coach now, running a full bench in the American League for a few seasons. He has plenty of experience at the NHL level. If this guy's not primed to jump into a head coaching role, then nobody is. He's he's the guy, and I think you're right. This organization's groomed him. I think the experience he has with the guys on the NHL roster from his time on McClellan's staff, I think that would go a long way. The experience he has with the guys who are on this team who would have played in Bakersfield would go a long way. But also he would still be, you know, a little bit of a fresh voice. He might bring some energy to the group. So I think it should be Woodcroft. I think he should be the guy. But again, I'm just not sold on a coaching change happening right now. I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we're going to get it either. Nation Dan, what do you think about that kind of the the hurdle in the way of a guy like Woodcroft getting the chances that he hasn't done it as long as some of the other options that just keep circling around this league over and over again? Well, what worries me about it is that we're going to have a situation like we had with Todd Nelson. We had a really good head coach in in the AHL and we brought him up as an interim coach. And then I can't even remember who ended up replacing him that offseason. Dallas Akins. And then he he went and moved on to the Grand Rapids organization and we've never seen him since. I think he's an assistant with Dallas. But but. So you brought up Nelson and it didn't work. But Nelson never really got a head coaching well, job, it, right? It, it, like, well, but let's be honest, it kind of did work because Todd came up fast and loose and just kind of came and chilled and brought a good vibe. And yep. like we we were so down in the toilet. And that was like we ended the season. Like that was the best, that was some of the best over their hockey. Right. Of that season. But isn't isn't that just time. like isn't that just like a full year of score effects there? Like you weren't that bad. You're gonna yeah. have some up at the end of the year. Sure. Um to me though, Woodcroft is they've, they've put him down there for a reason. <laughs> They put him down there to, 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 to put him together. He's been working with the organization for how many years. He put him down there for a reason to yep. build him into, fire, the, into the Oilers head coach. This is, what the, this is what the organization wanted. Um, it's the only move that makes sense to me. And if you don't, then you just wasted years of, 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 of this, of this, of this, guy like it's like getting rid of a uh, it's like drafting a player then moving on way too early that i will agree with if you're bringing in woodcroft with the intention of giving him this season plus uh then i'm 100 behind it but if you're just bringing him in as an interim tag and you're just hoping that he fixes things for you and then in the off season we're going to bring in another retread then i don't want to see that happen I'd like no, to see Woodcroft stay with all. the AHL in that Wood, game. Yeah, they've been they've been they've been working with fair. Woodcroft for well, years it, for if, a reason. They're not. I don't see them just fucking giving up to move on to Babcock or whatever. If if Woodcroft comes in though, and the team gets even worse, well, then that's different. But if right, but then Damn is it. it is that Woodcroft's <laughs> fault or is that the con- roster construction at that point? If he can't do any better than Dave Tippett did, then is that Woodcroft's fault or is that just this? I'm saying do worse. New roster. I think we can all agree, though, This the Oilers are not what they have been in the last month or whatever in this slump. They're not yeah, they're, what they were in the first. Yeah, they're yes. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, you can say if, if and if. But I think what we're you get is, uh, from a fresh team. voice is, is, yeah, I think you get a little bit better. You're not going to get back to 15 and 5 or whatever the hell we were. But we're definitely not what we are right now. But it, well, it's, let's it's just, annoying. Let's talk about how Tippett is running his bench right now, because at this point on January 7th, he still is the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Tyler, I'm going to jump to you first. One thing that really annoyed a lot of Oilers fans, myself included, was when they needed a goal against Toronto on the power play. Kyle Turris gets that look uh, over a guy like Pooley RV at the end of the game, they threw at the extra skater. That was Zach Cassian instead of Pooley RV. Maybe I've just got my Yessa colored blinders on, but I don't understand that move whatsoever. 
No, I don't get it either. And it goes back to, again, the main problem a lot of people have with Dave Tippett is he just seems to blindly trust these random veteran guys and not the players who actually deliver results for him. Rick said Kyle Turris would be perfectly placed as the 14th forward. I think he could be their 300th forward and I wouldn't really have a huge issue Fair. with it. Like, again, I have a weird soft spot for him because the shootout winners this year have been kind of fun. And, <laughs> you know, I, I liked him when they brought him in. I thought there was a yep. chance it worked, but it clearly hasn't worked. The guy can't keep up at the NHL level. Never mind his feet not being quick enough. His hands aren't what they used to be either like he should not be out there on an NHL power play unit at least definitely not a number one unit and you have him and then you have a guy in Yessa Pugliarvi who has been scoring fairly consistently scoring fairly consistently on your power play as well one of the last games they won was because Pugliarvi put home two right off the bat with the man advantage and I don't understand not at least seeing what you have in Pugliarvi in that Nugent Hopkins spot like again Best case scenario with Kyle Turris is he's an okay placeholder and he doesn't really mess anything up. Best case scenario with Pugliarvi is you've unlocked another one-timer option potentially for this power play who can live on that side of the ice. I don't understand not giving it a shot. And then even late in the game, you know, I saw the, you know, Spectre and Matheson and them saying, well, Pugliarvi didn't have a good game. So you want to put him out there in the last minute? Did fucking Zach Cassian have a good game or did I not watch the same game as everyone? Because Zach Cassian gets paid $3.2 million to play in the bottom six and bring energy and physicality. And how many years has it been since Zach Cassian did that on a consistent basis? Because remember, it was, well, there's no fans. You know, Cassian's the kind of guy. Right before that contract. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, there's no fans. Cassian needs fans to get energy. Okay. You wait. The fans come back. He's still not the same guy. He had one game against Calgary where he ran around and did shit. Other than that, he hasn't done nothing. And it's, well, he's a veteran. You, you want him out there, not pull your views, having a bad game. What are you even talking about? Like, what are we doing here? And again, like, oh, Cassian's the kind of guy who comes to play in the playoffs. He was invisible against Chicago. And what did he do against Winnipeg? Scored one goal, I think, in the four games. And I don't, I don't remember him laying like six or seven big hits like he did in 2017. So I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why Dave Tibbet doesn't want to play Pugliarvi even late in the game. You know what? If it wasn't Pugliarvi because you're saying he he didn't have a good game and I'm not rewarding that reward Brandon Perlini. He was flying. He scored a goal for you. Brandon, his last Brandon, two games he scored and then he got scratched in between. It was very, very odd. Brandon, Dude, McLeod had a great game. Then he got fucking nothing. Yeah. Uh, Yam had a great game. Then got nothing. Yes. Benson's had a couple of good games and then got nothing. But it makes no sense. Makes no this, sense. This is why. This is why I keep saying the coach has to be. We need. We need a boy. Brendan Perlini played nine thirty seven and scored a goal. Kyle Turris played three and a half minutes more than him. Three minutes and thirty six seconds. I did the math real math. quick and real good. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand the rhyme or reason for any of this. Even when a guy like Devin Shore is getting more minutes than Perlini. Now, granted, some of that is probably because he kills penalties. But even if you take that out of it, he played. Oh, God, that's really hard math. Come on, Tyler. He sure played. (laughs) Remainder. No, a minute 14. Yeah, I got it. A minute 14 more than Perlini (laughs) at five on five. Why is that guy consistently getting more shifts than players who can give you more offense at a time when you need offense and goals. Like I just, I don't know. That's what's frustrating right now is that it's just blindly trusting the same guys. He always seems to want to trust. And if you're a good young player, you better not make one single mistake or else Dave Tippett will remember it for two months. Uh, Dan, and this is t- where I'm saying the, the, the roster is built differently than the coach is playing it. Dan, Maybe. you tend to be a uh, more balanced and kind of positive and upbeat in these kind of situations. What are you thinking about how, <laughs> what are you players, saying about me? Come on. 
<laughs> I'm saying it about myself too. I'm salty. If you've listened to any of the Bcasts over the last two, three weeks, I have not been happy. But Dan, what do you what do you see when it comes to roster deployment? I, for me with Dave Tippett, I see a guy that's in survival mode and he has his guys that he trusts and he's going to go back to that. Well, until they kick him out of the roster, we saw it. Or I, I, I hearken back to Moneyball when, uh, when the manager is trying to force the, sorry, the, the GM is trying to force the manager to play, uh, the third baseman, Carlos Pena. Hatterberg at first. Or first, or Hatterberg versus, yeah. Hatterberg versus first. Pena. And, <laughs> and Pena's a guy, Pena's a guy that, that the manager just trusted and, and liked the stats of more. And so he goes to him until you get rid of the coach. That's what you're going to have to continue to deal with. So to me, if you're not making a coaching change, you're accepting that that's just kind of the way that Dave Tippett operates because he's trying to keep his job and he's going to the guys that he trusts. He's not going to, he's not going to be a want to be a guy that walks away from the game. His last game that he gets fired from, he had Brandon Perlini out on the ice in the last minute of the game. I, I, I just think that's the kind of guy that Dave Tippett is. Cause Jay it's Ra- so much better when we walk away from the playoff series and against Winnipeg with Devin Shore playing in the tops. <laughs> well, because, because he did all the quote unquote right things to uh, be able to win the game. Right. Yep. And so he can't, he can't then go to Ken Holland and say, yeah, I was doing, I was doing things against the book. And so you can be mad at me instead. It's this is what every other hockey mind has said to do. So I'm going to continue to do it. Jay wrap us up with the roster deployment. Um, yeah, <laughs> we don't have any depth like that. Like it, we, you have to move Devin shore up because you don't really sure you might have some other options, but like it's a function of just not having enough depth to be able to absorb a nuge. Uh, a new injury or, you know, these COVID protocols, like some of these other teams can have got the depth to be able to figure out where they're, they're these, they've got abilities to be able to contribute on the second and first line should these weird circumstances come to be. But yeah, we can, we can say the, how the roster deployment has been mismanaged. Of course, we can easily pick holes in that and also have the power of hindsight to do it. But at the end of the day, for me, it's roster construction and sure some, some level of deployment, but like, you know, we, the, the Toronto game, it's not because Pooley Harvey wasn't on the ice. We lost, we lost that game. It was Leon made a fucking stupid pass yep. to give up that empty netter. Right. Like, so like, sure we can all sit there and isolate like Pooley Harvey sit on the bench, but like dry made a dumb play, <laughs> but there's, that there's cost, so that cost the, us the game. There's so many of those well, in the game, though, right? Like McLeod, if McLeod scores, then it never puts uh, Leon in the position to have to make that yeah, pass. If what, this a, happens, a, a that blind, happens. A bl- <laughs> last man, like last man back on the blue line, blind backhand pass across. Like that what? didn't cost them the game, though. That cost no. us a chance to win. It gave cost us a chance to even it up. Sure, but then, but, but, then, but yeah, the, let's go back. So then, does it matter if Puliarvi was on the on the ice or not? Hey, maybe the, what were the guys around Drysaddle doing? Was, was anyone moving to get open in a lane, or was Drysaddle standing there and everyone was standing still? I What's mean, the you get a play to do there. The blind back pass across. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> Leon Drysaddle, he's the best in amazing, the world. That, he's an amazing, amazing player. But like the blind back pass across the blue line when when we have an empty net, like no, that is not the smart play. If Connor's on the ice, maybe he can he can sense it. But like that pass is going to no one but a Maple Leaf player. Like what about when, what about when they got that look on the far side and instead of staying in front of the goalie's vision, Zach Cassian stood off to the side and then Hyman put it in his crest. 
Uh, that cost him the game then. I don't oh, think Drysdale did because if he scores that Drysdale doesn't even get a chance to make the back end. Was, well, let's talk about Cody Cece coming in having all the time in the world and shooting it right in his chest. Like, there's a lot of shit where we we we, we make mistakes. Cuckoo did that. Cuckoo. Oh, Slater, sorry, Cuckoo. Cuckoo. It was it? Yeah. I also Cece. think yeah. he could have lot... walked that puck in right into the back of the net. Or yeah, and, 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 but and if he wants to shoot, and doesn't feel confident. Why the fuck is he shooting at his chest? He had all the time in the well, world. Hey, listen, if, if those guys, if I, I'd rather have them shoot at the goalie because if you miss the net on the far side, that puck's going around and that's turning around on you in a bad way. So I understand what you mean. If you're going to shoot, I'd rather see those guys try to shoot low on the, the pads and hope for oh, a rebound. Oh, that's fine. Right well, the one of the things, not giving you a rebound. One of the things that's that drives fair. me crazy is that the Oilers, like the game against Seattle, when the last one they won, and again, I get it. It's the Seattle crack and they're not very good, blah, blah, blah. All of that, I get it. But... What I'm getting at is in that game, there was nothing in the offensive zone that wasn't being thrown at the net. The Oilers don't have that. They're looking for a pretty passing play all the time. They're not doing a good enough job of creating their own chaos by throwing pucks at the goalie's feet, hacking away, getting garbage goals, just being real sloppy in the crease like so many other we teams are doing. They're not doing any of that stuff right now. And it's yeah, frustrating. We need that. We, and that's the thing. We got like, when you're in a slump, you just got to go full blue collar, roll up your sleeves and yeah. muck it around and try to win the dirtiest possible, greasiest game possible. And that's, that's how you help get out of the funk. It's trying to force things and make amazing high, high, highlight reel plays when you're gripping your stick a little too tight. Like that's Drunk not, that's hard. not the, you got to bang and crash and collapse. And exactly. Bring the chaos, Mitch. And that's the, would that not way. be the guy? Would that not be the guy with the dress shoes standing on the bench there? Who's got to go. Hey guys, like, listen, yes, I understand what you're trying to do out there, but let's keep it simple. Let's just put them to the net. Let's get to the net. Let's bang away. Let's get to the crease. Blah, blah, blah. To me again, that can be maybe not cured, but you can have a, a change in situation. I'm- if the dude behind him, was different and, and the one preaching to these guys, Hey, listen, you got to keep the fucking place simple. I I'm getting so sick of the amount of times where this team gets like a 30 or 40 or 20 second cycle in the offensive zone. And you're like, okay, something's cooking here. And then it's like, Oh, missed pass out of the zone. Oh, shot into the chest. Oh, shot wide. Like the amount of times they cycle and put pressure on a team. And then it's a C grade or lower scoring chance is oh. it's brutal. It's our beyond perimeter, frustrating. Our perimeter pressure is top. That's probably ranked <laughs> unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. We love the outside. <laughs> we're very we talked, good we talked a lot about roster construction here today so i would be remiss if i didn't bring up frank saravalli's 20 trade targets in play as the market heats up over at dailyfaceoff.com tyler threw that in our group text mr uremchuk looking through that mm-hmm. list obviously i know ricard raquel is going to make your jeans tighten a little bit but what else can you look at from <laughs> that list and say you know what this is a guy that the edmonton oilers would love to have Well, I answered this question in a nice YouTube video over at the Nation Network YouTube. So make sure you head over there, give it a like and hit the subscribe button because we're going to have a bunch of really cool video content coming to our YouTube channel in 2022. And you're not going to want to miss out on that. Um, But back to the Saravalli article. Yeah, there's three names I liked there. Um, Forward goalie defenseman. Lawson Kraus is the one. I think he's obviously available. I worry that the acquisition price is too high just because he is available. And I think a lot of teams like him. Um, So I like Kraus to add some depth scoring. I like the name Alexander Gorgiev. Um, Not just his name, the style of goalie he is and the fit that this could be as well. 2.45 million on the cap pending RFA has decent numbers this year. If you're going to go make a splash for the goalie, he is the only one on the market. And I mean this, he is the only one on the market that I am even a sniff interested in. And uh, I I think they still need a left-handed defenseman, 
So I circled Nick Letty is the one that I kind of like, but I'll admit there's a few other options there. If you can get teams to retain money, I wouldn't hate the idea of maybe Calvin DeHaan can come in here and play some decent minutes for you. And uh, actually the two guys in Columbus were interesting too, Roslovic and Domi, just because they're guys who, when they're hot, they score so much. So if you can make the money work on one of them and, and they both also have the ability to play down the middle or on the wing, which I love in a player. Um, yeah, they're Don't both guys when they're hot, effort. they can they can really get going. So, um, yeah, there's a few names on Frank's list I like. Thanks to Tyler for leaving three of the names off the list so that we can pick from them. <laughs> Dan, who you got? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I have to echo what Tyler said. Uh, the I whole list. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I, I think that goaltending and defense is the place to, to make the change. I've been touting the goaltending change for a while. I still have time for Ms. Leakins, depending on the, uh, the ask back there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you have to address goaltending and defense, but Tyler pretty co- well covered it for me already. Mm-hmm. Toughness, loss and Kraus all day. We need, we need more meat. <laughs> we need more team controlled meat. Uh, and <laughs> like, like it's, we, we, we gotta, we gotta be tougher to play against. We have to have those on ice threats to make sure the other team's got their head up. Um, and loss and Kraus brings that. And of course, you know, Nick Letty, Gorgiev. Yes, of course. I love all that. I still don't know why we don't try to fucking go full core press on a package deal for Kroos and, uh, and Chikrin and really, really leverage the future. And I don't even know if it's possible, but Vegas pulled off the Eichel trade. So obviously there's a way to do it somehow. Um, but <sighs> just make a fucking move. <laughs> I, I, hey Jay, I brought this up. I brought this up last week, Jay. Um, I said uh, I wanted to bring in a guy, and I'm just trying to quickly bring up their fucking shit here. We need uh, more toughness. If we can bring in two guys with grit, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. I think Jay's gonna like this name, Brendan Gallagher. Yep. Man, if you could pull that off, that uh, would be fantastic. He's uh, a bulldog, right? Like a guy who can go do what he does out there to piss yeah. everybody off. The Al of Brad Marchand, I mean, yeah. go out there and put some points up. He get, do you know what he can be? Your number one or number two? Yeah. Yes, as your other one, you move Yamamoto back to number three. I think he's yes. the type of guy who's got the the the, the fight in the dog, not necessarily the size of the dog in the fight. Yeah. I think a, a guy like Yamamoto will be more than good at, uh, on that third spot. Um, and I don't know how easy it is to get to get him out of there. He's six and a half for uh, like a long that's more the, a lot more years. There's fucking the ways, man. Works. There's there's you there's, can't yeah, just you keep saying guts, that. You ways. can't just go. There's ways. <laughs> there's ways. Well, tell me how Tampa does it. Tell me how Vegas does it. They, they stay elite, even though they are. Well, so the LTR thing is, is one exemption. But think about think about the year before. Yeah. Think about the, all the other teams. Like we're not the only one. Like like there's there's fucking ways to do we it. We need to all, win a trade. Yeah, we need to win a trade. These like we top tier teams, year after year, are always shedding salary. They always find a way to shed fucking salary. We just sit on our fucking hands and just hope that you know just a. Signing Kyle Turris and bringing Duncan Keith for, and eating up five million of our cap space is going to be the solution. Like, no, this is the definition of fucking insanity. We need to try to do something pulling off a Brendan Gallagher trade because you want to know why? He's having him and Hyman in the top six, like two agitators that work real hard. That's important, and then that pushes up and make our makes our third line better because that's pushing guys back. That's the shit we need. 
I don't think Gallagher is like a super realistic acquisition. I, th- I, I think again, I. I think the cap hit really, That's really makes it thing. tough there. It is. It's a, yeah. it's a great wish list thing. And yeah, like Jay, they can make it work because they, they would need to throw Koskin in a deal. They need to probably trade Tyson Barry at some point coming up here. Pray to God. Duncan Keith retires at the end of the season, even though he's been good as of late, but still, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've, I lost my train of thought. Now I got frustrated, but there's, 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 there's fucking ways to do it. There's ways to, it's happening around. That's the only thing that drives me nuts is this is happening around us all the time. But for some reason we think we can't do it. Yep. Well, as I that's just don't believe Ken too. Holland knows how to do it, but that, that's well, why I agree. Uh, okay. Like, okay. Well, let's talk about that. He if can't we, find if we don't a have guy. the GM that can do it. Then yes. we better go find one that can. We're not going to, I'm like, they're obviously not going to fire Ken Holland. It's like they're not going to trade for Lawson Krause until his stats appear in the guide and record book at the end of the season. That's how Ken Holland seems to operate right now. Um, See, as an gonna, old, as an old man, as a resident old man here, I think this all this so and so can't do it because he's old. So and so can't do it because he's old. I don't know if I'm taking it personally. I'm getting older myself. I'm so, dude, look how many people went and made fun of fucking Calgary, and I hate Calgary Flames. How many people went and fucking made fun of the Flames last year when they brought in uh, fucking Daryl Sutter? Me. Yep. Everybody did. Yep. I what did. the fuck is he doing right now? They're going to tank. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're frauds. They better be. <laughs> they fuck, I hope so. There's a shelf I life to so, Sutter. There's a shelf life to Sutter. Too much. There's a shelf All right. Life we're going to pin it. I've got some questions for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Ask the Idiots is coming at you. Buster's Pizza has got a location near you, I promise. If you want to get a donor, if you want to get a pizza, whatever you need, our friends at Buster's are there for you. And if you check out busterspizza.ca, I promise you there is a location near you. Got it? Good. All right. So these Ask the Idiots questions, if you're new to the podcast, these have been submitted to me throughout the week. I have not let the boys see these. They have not seen these questions before. We are just going to get the first taste on their answers. And Jay's up first on my screen. So we've got a couple to get through here. Oh boy. Jay, (laughs) is it even worth making a trade for a forward or a defenseman when the goaltending is so mediocre? Shouldn't that be addressed first? Well, yes, it should, but we also need to do the other. So whatever you can get done first, get done. But we need to be doing all of it. Is that an answer or is that just me? Of course. Yeah, that works. Dan, you're up next on my screen. If the goaltending is a problem, shouldn't that be tackled first? Well, yes, but also you're talking about the GM that brought these two guys in and knew what he was doing when he brought those guys in. So I... I believe that Ken Holland thinks that those goalies are good and better than what they're showing right now. So and yes, I agree, inherited. but well, but he's, but he's hasn't moved on from him. He hasn't made a transaction to try and get rid of him as a goalie. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where to me, Ken Holland accepted this goaltending situation. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get out of his own way to make that change. Rick, you're not next. Goaltending is a problem. Should that be addressed before the other areas of need? In a perfect world, maybe, but I think uh, he, who was out there last year? Grubauer was the big one. That's a terrible contract right now, right? Like he took the, he, he gambled. He said he took the, the eighth best save percentage last year as a team. And he gambled that they were going to be able to do it this year. And he's kind of losing on that. Um, there were other guys out there he could have moved on to. And they're not looking great either. So I'm not going to give him too much shit there. He went with a gamble. I get it. 
It's not working right now. Uh, I still believe in actually Stu. I'd bring Stu up right away here. He's got four out there in BC. We've got one game here between now and the next fucking six and a half months or something like that. So there's no point bringing him over right now. But closer to when we get to start playing games again, I think that's when you're going to see him. Um, but you need you need to fix your goaltending, and I think you need some more offense. We have, what, six goals in seven games with Koskinen in net? Sorry, you can fix your defense and your goaltending all you want. You're still not fucking, you're not going to win those. You need to start scoring more. We need to find a way to fucking put the puck in the net. So, Mr. Uremchuk, should there be an order at which Ken Holland tackles his to do list? He needs to have a plan, I think. Um, like, I think, I mean, not that I know how a front office works or anything, but you need to kind of sit there and have your list of A targets, B targets, and C targets. And you need to have what you're willing to spend on your A targets and your B targets and your C targets. Cause, you know, if, if a great deal pops off, like, let's say you could get Jacob Chikrin for just the first round pick. Okay. Well, you're not going to sit there and be like, Oh no, no, I can't do that. I'm saving my first for a goalie at the deadline. Right? Like you, you need to have a plan. There should be some sort of operations, I suppose, but uh, yeah, I, I, you need to ta- fill a lot of holes and there are a lot of acquisitions that would make this team better. Like, I don't believe that, you know, if you go out and get a legit top six winger for this team to toss in and make the scoring even scarier or make the scoring scary. Um, I don't think you scoff at that or don't do it. Cause you go, nah, I think we need a goalie more. Like you can accomplish more than one thing is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, yeah, just to wrap it up, my answer is if you got your to-do list of things to do, just get it done. I don't think you need to waste time looking for a goaltender when you could, if a defenseman or a forward, a trade for a quality player falls in your lap, you pull the trigger on it. Uh, next up, ask the idiots for Buster's Pizza. We all want to see a big name added at some point to help the playoff push. However, the Oilers are up against the cap. What is your plan to create necessary cap space in order to make a trade happen? Tyler Remchuk, we're reversing the order. Uh, pretty easy. You got to get rid of Miko Koskinen. Frank Saravalli was asked this earlier this week on the Daily Faceoff show, and he kind of said, you know, it might not be as hard as some Oilers fans think. So maybe it's a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick or a low level prospect going back with him. But I think you need to get rid of Koskinen this season and you should that four and a half million. That's enough to get you through the deadline and bring in a couple of impact pieces. But uh, yeah, you just got to lose Koskinen's deal. Simple as that. Rick, how are you clearing cap space? Fuck, I wish I knew. But yeah, if you somehow get out of that contract, somehow get out of uh, uh, Zach Cassian's, um, I'm still open to looking at moving Barry right now. Uh, I think obviously if you move a guy like Barry, you still need to bring in a guy who can play 12 to 15 minutes out of the right-handed shot. Um, I think with CeCe, the way he's playing and with the way uh, Bouchard's playing, I think between the three of those guys, they can get it up. But there's not a lot of ways to uh, to, to, to make a lot of room right now in, in terms of salary cap. There's Dan, like three or four guys. That's it. Dan, you're clearing cap space. How are you doing it? I'm just an idiot. So I'm going to bump my conversation that I scheduled for the day after the season ends with Duncan Keith. And I'm going to convince him to become a head coach or an assistant coach with my organization. Player and all of a sudden I freed up about three and a half million dollars worth of cap space. You're welcome. Jay, how are you clearing cap space? I don't think he's allowed to do that, by the way. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think so either, but I like that. Hey, hey <laughs> you, Jay, Jay wanted to know how the big boys do it, and that's how they do it. Cap circumvention, <laughs> yeah, break the fuck, rules, fuck ask rights, questions man. later. Apologize later. racing. If he ain't cheating, he ain't trying. Jay, um, how are you carrying cops? Says? Well, Miko, of course. And the thing is, like, there's, there's this is his last year's contract, so you're not asking for a team to take yes. on a an, an anchor, right? So yeah. the, the cost to do that shouldn't be too much. 
Um, and then, yeah, trying to find a way to get one of Barry or Cassian. Like, I, think I don't want to write off moves, that though. guy, but I, you kind of have to, and he's going to be tough to move. Um, but like, those are one of the things, or <laughs> you got to think maybe about a roster player, like a, well, like a, a, a real roster player. We'll say, um, I don't know who, um, depending on what the trade is and what's coming back. Ah, okay, yeah, but to, yeah, well, I know, I know, but if we're just saying like I, you, everything, everything has to be on the table right now to make this team better. Everything. They just don't have very many guys outside of like Cassie and Barry and Koskinen that are that expensive and movable, right? Like you're not trading nurse. You're not trading dry settle Hyman, new Drew McDavid and everyone else is like, you know, in that Barry Cassian range or cheaper. I, to, to me, just to wrap up on this one, I, I, I loved Cassian in 2017. I was lucky enough to go to a bunch of the playoff games that year and to see the monster he was in that postseason. We haven't seen that guy in four years. He needs to go. And it sucks that it didn't work out because the story was great. The chops were great. Oh. Demolishing everybody in the playoffs was fantastic. Even Todd McClellan, if you remember, had him killing penalties a little bit. So he was over and above what he was doing at five on five. I just don't see the same player anymore. Koskinen's going to go regardless at the end of this year. So I think Zach is the next one up. Uh, moving along, ask the idiots for Buster's Pizza. If you could undo one trade the Oilers have made over the last 24 months, undo a trade or move the Oilers have made over the last 24 months, what would it be? Tyler. Duncan Keith trade. Um, Five and a half million dollars in cap space would go a long way. He's playing good. I get that. But like right now, this is what I'll say. If the Oilers went and offered Duncan Keith at his current cap hit to every team in the NHL, would anyone take it? And the answer is no. They made a bad trade. They got a guy who I think is helping them and he's playing well recently but they made a bad trade and it was a costly trade at that both assets wise and cap it wise so duncan keith is my answer i'm just going to tag on i think the duncan keith one is too uh because i do agree he's playing better i think he's actually helping on the back end right now but the opportunity cost of the dollars associated with him in that spot way too high dan you're next up ask the idiots if you're undoing something from the last 24 months what is it I think you guys are being a little nicer with Duncan Keith than even I would be uh, for the cost for the cost that he's for what he's being paid for the time that we made that transaction. You, that's the one you undo every time, twice a week. It Duncan Keith, you know, as good as he's quote unquote been recently, it's not worth the price of admission. So that's the trade I undo. I just, I just, you know, opportunity cost. I tried to say it nicer. Uh, Rick, you next up. If you're undoing something over the last 24 months, what's it going to be? Oh, I've been a big fan of Keith. I know he gets overpaid, but if you if, if he does so many good things out there, everybody wants to microscope micro, uh, the little mistakes or mistakes here and there. I get it, whatever. It helps uh, them put everything towards their opinion. I think he's actually been a good addition. I'm not letting Adam Larson walk. I'm keeping Larson and, not, and Barry's not here now. So we're running uh, Larson, CC, and Bouchard. That wasn't a trade. That was a player decision, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was it wasn't like yeah, but they let him uh, yeah, it was it sounded like a roster thing. So yeah, it might be a gray area there, but I'm yeah. sticking with Lars. Uh Jay, what do you got? Last couple last couple of years. Well, since it's the last couple of years, I've got two. How's that sound? How's that sound? <laughs> I like so we'll, it. we'll go we'll, we'll go in year two here. Um Athenasu. Having those two picks right now would be amazing. 
in trying to fix our current roster because uh, we had a guy come play 10 games and fuck off and that, and he didn't play good for us and he's doing okay in LA, but he's also paying being paid the right amount too to do it. And then, you know, I think we have to unpack this because initially I was okay with it kind of thinking there was more potential, but I think we have to, um, I think we have to be critical of the bear trade for, for a few reasons, for a few reasons. Tyler's got guns out already. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Lucic for Neil trade for some reason. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh boy, where are we going? Now you could say that. Sure. But I, I, that, if, if we did like, no, it yeah. wouldn't, yeah, it's, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be That's getting fair. the flames version of Lucic. He wouldn't be, we, we never, we would never get gotten that version of what's happening right now. But uh, you got okay, bear, a lot of potential, right shot defenseman. Um, very important to this community. Uh, letting him go, uh, not a good idea. Uh, uh, for that reason, tr- trading him for Fogel. Fogel wanted out. He wanted out of Carolina because he wanted to go to a team that could, where he, he can get more opportunity with. So obviously, yeah, sure, you could do a trade, but I think you could have got him for a pick or something else. I don't think he had to give up Bear to get Fogel. Like we like, yeah, we that's gave, fair. Like, I think you're so, right. I think you're right with that. I, I feel. I feel like we could. I. I feel like we could have kept Bear and still got Fogel. I would tend to agree. And with that. that's, and 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 that's an issue because we just gave away someone with a lot of upside who's you know doing really well in uh, in Carolina right now and happy to see it and getting Fogel who's still unproven to us. Like you see flashes of brilliance. He's he he can skate like the wind. He can four check, but it hasn't been consistent. He does work hard, but it hasn't been consistent. He shows his flashes of skill out of nowhere, just like mm-hmm. walking around guys. But I felt, I feel like you could have got him for something else and we could still Cheaper, have yeah, very last question for ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's pizza. It's funny. You guys brought this up because our friend electronic Jordan wants to know what are your thoughts on Lucic for Neil now with a couple of years of hindsight, Tyler. Uh, I'm still fine with it. Lucic was never going to succeed here. Um, that ship had sailed and you wanted Neil cause the contract was buyoutable, right? So I, I still would do that deal looking back on it, even though Lucic is contributing a little bit in Calgary at the end of the day, I, the difference between the Neil buyout and what you have in Lucic is what four point something million bucks. I know there was some salary retention there as well, but I, I would just rather have the cap space over, uh, over, Luch, so I'm still fine with the deal. Rick, Luch for Neil. I wanted Luch to work out. That's a player I'd love to be able to love and see him go out there and you know do what he does. But at the end of the day, I just I he wasn't going to turn his game around here. Things weren't going to get better here. Um, we had to move on when we did. And, uh, yeah, as much as I'd love to have a player like that here, I have to just say you know what uh, we won that deal. So Dan. We're literally talking about a guy that makes five and a half million dollars. That's doing okay, but we're expecting more of him. And that was always going to be the case with Milan Lucic as well. Uh, so for me, yeah, I, like you said, Tyler, the fact that James Neal's contract was buyoutable is the reason that we made that trade in the first place. We knew the risk was that James Neal was going to fall apart as he has. And, uh, you know, it just is what it is, but we're out of that money. And now we're into that money with Duncan Keith instead. Jay. Wrap us up. Luchy well, you can you can look at it a little bit differently than that, though. Instead of connecting him to uh, Duncan Keith, you can connect him to who would you rather, Hyman. Elon Lucic or Zach Hyman? Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yep. So that's what you know that trade allowed us to do. So I I would take Hyman over Lucic 
any day. And there we go. I see it is for our friends at Buster's Pizza. I'm going to push a little randomizer thing, spinning, spinning to see who wins the gift card from our friends at Buster's Pizza. And Ericsson Aviation, you get the win on this week's gift card. They asked, how do you clear cap space if you're going to bring in somebody for a playoff push? Again, if you're listening to this, hit me up in the DMs, slide in and say you got an Ask the Idiots question. I ask the boys every week. They don't get to see them. You just get their first thoughts and their authentic opinion. Tyler, get your buttons ready. It's time to finish up the podcast with another round of hot and cold performance from our friends at Deuce Vodka. Again, if you go to deucevodka.com, you see Brett Kissel there, right at the top of the page. Very handsome, holding a bottle of Deuce. Right beside that, there's a store locator. You're going to want to click on that, baby. Find out where you can buy it. As we do every week, we start with our veggies. We look at the last seven days, a little bit of the downsides, and then we finish off with a positive note. Jay, you're guesting on this week's podcast, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. It has to be an individual? Or just whatever anything. You want. <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, everyone on the Oilers except Yamamoto and McLeod. Or my that cold quick, performers. Sorry. sorry, my buttons are frozen. Usually Tyler's really fast with buttons. <laughs> He's always fast with the buttons. Very, very I'm set. There we go. Nation Dan, you're next up on my screen. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Well, I uh, recently started to learn how to skate, and so I'm an expert at in falling on the ice. And so my Cold Performer of the Week is going to go to a person who is not an expert at falling, and that is Miko Koskinen. Your diving game, my friend, needs some work. you got to work on the embellishment. The veteran moves is a part of goaltending. We all get it. But if you want to reach out, I can show you a couple ways on how to fall more naturally, and uh, maybe you can help me on recovering from my injuries. So Miko Koskinen, you get my Cold Performer of the Week. Rick, you're up next. Deuce Vodka, Cold Form of the Week. Uh, it's kind of been a thing with me the whole podcast here, but I'm going with the guy who stands behind the players, uh, stands on the bench there. I just don't think Tippett's utilizing as the roster to the maximum potential it has. Um, I'm not saying it's a perfect roster. I'm not saying that if you play the guys I'd like to see you play, that things are going to be that much different. Um, but we're losing. He's not changing. Um, yeah, I just personally, I think there's, there's, uh, other options for this lineup right now. So I'm going to give it the, give it a old tip. And you know, Are if, you bring him back, if he really I'm cared, if, if he really cared, he at least bring back the mustache for the fans. And he just, there is, there is no buy-in at all to this team. I just, it's over. Wash your hands, move on right now. Now you can hit the button. Tyler. Oh, are you thrilled? <laughs> I'm not. Mr. Uramchuk, your Deuce Vodka Cold Form of the Week. I feel like the roads are a lot worse than they are in years past. Like the roads are really bad. And I don't know why. Um, they're really bad in St. Albert as well. Better in Edmonton a little bit. But I just feel like the roads are really bad. But it's for some minus 30 and snowing for three weeks. So like, what do you expect? Yeah, I just feel like it hasn't been this bad before. Other nature is the we haven't seen of the this week much. for bringing the pain. We haven't seen this much snow in a long time. Oh, yeah. It's fucking and it's wild to right now. I mean, you can't disagree, though. Roads are bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But it's also wild, too, because it's so cold. I feel like normally you don't get snow when it's this cold, but, you know, we're getting dumped. We're getting it, it all. And the oh, roads are getting terrible. it all. Next this week, is, uh, this has been Let's a go. Real... Let's go. <clears throat> uh, wrap it up. My Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week is being scored on first. Always. 
it's just so demoralizing for me as a fan to watch. I sit down. I mentioned it earlier. I'm excited about the game. I'm ready to interact. I've got bets on the game. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, betting with my heart all season long. And then just to get that kick, swift kick to the pills, that is a first period goal in the first couple of minutes. Man, that's a trend that needs to change. So I guess that trend of first goals against cold performer of the week, the month, the year, you name it. Yeah, it's a little more than the week. What the hell is going on? Flipping the ledger. Let's finish it off. Deuce Vaca, hot performer of the week. It could be a player. It could be something personal. It could be whatever you like. Mr. Uremchuk, you're first up. Deuce Vaca, hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week is going to a gentleman named Xavier Moon, former yeah. Edmonton Stinger. This guy's winning rings with the Edmonton Stingers, and now he's out here signing contracts with the LA Clippers. Back to back 10 day contracts for Xavier Moon with the LA Clippers, which I think is just so dang cool for a guy who was playing at the Expo Center recently. Can like from the <laughs> Expo Center to the formerly named Staples Arena. That's insane. The crypto.com arena. Crypto.com arena now. Um, Anyways, Xavier Moon, I know you're in COVID protocol now, and I know you're a big time listener of this podcast. Congratulations on making it to the NBA. You're my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. I don't know if he actually listens. Of course he does. Uh, Rick, you're next up. Your Deuce Vaca hot performer of the week. Well, there's got to be some optimism out there. So he returned to the, he returned to practice today. He was not wearing any type of red. Don't touch me. Jerseys. Um, unfortunately I did hear, you know, the, the wrist was looking not, not fantastic. Puck handling skills weren't really there. The shot wasn't looking too good, but you've not been doing anything with your wrist for the last couple of months. Um, I'm guessing that's kind of, kind of goes with it. So it's the return of Dylan Holloway. Uh, he should have been here. Most likely would have been here the whole season. Um, not just from what, you know, Euler followers say, but just the league in general, they said he's ready to roll. Uh, so I don't anticipate to see him anytime soon, but hopefully maybe at the start of March. Um, but yeah, it's the return to Holloway. That's a big addition that, uh, that could really spark this team right now. He's a hot guy. Yes, he is. Nation Dan, you're next up. Your Deuce Vaca hop from the week. Well, when the uh, transaction, the official paper transaction came through on October the 13th, I don't think a lot of us would be looking back and saying that might have been the best pickup that uh, Ken Holland made this offseason, except for maybe Zach Hyman. Uh, but it goes to my hot performer goes to Colton Sevier, who of all of the additions this offseason has really not had a bad game, in my opinion. And every time he shows up in your memory bank, it's because he's done something positive. That pass the other night against Toronto, the little backhanded pass that got the puck right to Ryan McLeod on the other side. Love to see that kind of stuff from a bottom six guy making $750,000 a year. So Colton Sevier, you get my hot performer of the week. Pour it on! Can I just also say on that point, it was funny how in the preseason we were all like, oh, Perlini, the second coming, the answer. Who's the senior guy? He's done nothing. And, then, yeah. and you know what? Uh, Colton Sevier is, he's one of those guys that uh, I think Jay was alluding to earlier where he just, he puts on his, he puts on his work boots and gets after it. And he's going to score you a greasy goal every now and then. And chances are, if you get something from your fourth line or third line, he's probably involved. Jay, you're up next. Your Deuce Vaca hop form of the week. Mine, uh, mine goes out to the New York Rangers broadcast crew for accurately <laughs> telling it like it is accurately picking apart our lineup and giving the fans the truth as, as to what's, uh, what the issues are with this team. So it was, uh, initially kind of offensive to hear, but kind of also, <laughs> you know, it felt 
as I kind of was processing it, I was like, these guys are doing the right thing and they're telling that, that and the truth hurts and shout out to them for just systematically taking us down with like accurate, factual information. Boy, that escalated quickly. Really did, and then when they started throwing in these Strom for Spooner reminders, it's just like, <laughs> oh, all right, they now said you're just so, twisting the God, that's, They said so that's why much. it was like thirty six trades in thirty six months. I'd probably would have brought that one into the mix, but I didn't have that much time. <laughs> they said so much that I was convinced that they didn't know that they were actually doing the Oilers broadcast as well. They did like, know, but they did. And then they started, yeah. yeah. Then they started acknowledging us. I was like, oh my God, they're doing this on purpose. Yeah, good. Hey, sometimes I think I think I said this Tough last love. week. Or I think I said this on the B cast. You know what? That was one of those ones where some of you guys needed to hear that. And, they also could have uh, thanked us for the 94 cup though. Well, yeah, of course. Would have been that the polite nice. thing to do. That would have been very nice. I mean, a little bit of, a little bit of courtesy there, please. Uh, just to wrap it up, Deuce Vaca, hot performer of the week for me. I want to give a shout out to dailyfaceoff.com's Frank Saravalli because... Today, I'm going to be recording a little bit later this afternoon, the first episode of my podcast, Better Late Than Never. And I'm excited about it because Frank gave me 10, 15 minutes of his time to be the first guest on my show. I was expecting to fly in with no guest this week. And then Frank, I just asked him if he could just give me a couple of minutes and he was more than generous. He's going to have takes on Dave Tippett there. He's going to have takes on the goaltending. He's going to have takes on what he thinks is coming for the Oilers and what's going on. So check out this weekend, the first episode of Better Late Than Never, but my hot performer of the week is Frank for doing me a favor. I like this right here. I like that too. (laughs) All right. There we have it. Oilers Nation Radio episode 174. A little spicy, a little upsetting. Weathers okay. don't play again against until Monday. And then after that, they've got some time off. So keep it locked. Dan, we're going to be back next week, as always, with the podcast. That, that Monday game, are we sure about this Monday game? Because they just had like the bookends of that Monday game canceled or postponed or whatever. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and you can still get tickets for the game on Monday. So as of 2.25 p.m. on Friday, January 7th, the game is still going ahead. Game on. We'll All right. I was talking to friend of everyone, Reed Wilkins, yesterday, and he thinks that game's still going to go on because Ottawa's schedule may not allow them to come out west later in the year. So they, even if it's an empty barn, he thinks they may still play that. Whether it happens, I don't know. Jason's going to suck. Oh yeah, no fans in the stands. Oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> I, forgot I, about the I thought you were just saying that. Like, yeah, Cassian's going to be terrible. But this That's could be the true. Ten, this could be the tenth game in our ten in a row. That's not true. You're allowed half half fans. They just oh, can't eat or as drink. of today, right? Yes, yes. As yes. of today, yeah, you were allowed half capacity. Though, who knows what will happen? Because I saw that Vancouver's game tonight got postponed. They were also going to be half uh, half capacity. Follow my excellent. You know what the Canucks you know what the says. funny thing is in Vancouver, it's half capacity, but the box. If you have a private box, you can still fill it with however many people are allowed to be in there. Hmm. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Everybody knows that COVID stays off the luxury levels. Okay. Yes. <laughs> It also shuts down at 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, And the no food, the no eating and the no (laughs) drinking. It's just because nobody wants to use masks, Jay. Just what a way to enjoy a hockey game with no beer and no food. Yeah. Dry January. Here we go. It's just going to make you do it. Dry Feb. Whether you want to or not. 
All right, there's Oilers Nation Radio, episode 174 for DoorDash. Ding dong, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone, Deuce Vodka, and Buster's Pizza. Thank you very much for being here. For all the gentlemen, thank you for being here. Again, I haven't got to any reviews in a little bit, but please hit us up with some reviews. I will read those next week. Make sure that your comments are also added into the podcast. So if you have questions for Ask the Idiots, hit me up, slide in the DMs. From myself, from Tyler, Rick, Dan, and Jay, this is the end of the episode. Tell a friend, cousin, coworker, whoever you got, yell it out the windows. Oilers Nation Radio coming at you every Friday afternoon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out Todd Nelson. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.